Breakups are hard for everyone, but they're especially hard when you're an average, regular-looking dude who was just dumped by a super hot and super famous actress. Join us on Peter Bretter's Hawaiian-based attempt at forgetting Sarah Marshall. I'm James Hockenjoes, and this is The Rewind. Hey guys, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to The Rewind, presented by House of Hats Podcast Network. Your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they just stop this again. Never tell me the odds. The Rewind. The Rewind. What's up? It's another great, wonderful, beautiful episode of The Rewind today. It's just me and Mr. Gage Zangi. What up? We're tackling the Judd Apatow produced instant classic, in my opinion, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, definitely an instant classic as I saw it today and instantly feel like it's a classic. Yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. I give it a thumbs up for sure. I had no idea that it took place in the same universe as Get Him to the Greek. Yeah, Get Him to the Greek is technically the standalone sequel. Yeah, no idea at all. But with Jonah Hill's evil twin or yeah. twin. Jonah Hill, only guy. Yeah. Takes place in both movies, completely different people. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know Aldous Snow was a character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that blew my mind. They actually wound up. I'm sure we'll get to it when we go through some IMDb research, but they fucking wound up rewriting the character after Russell Brand got signed on to make it more for like appealing for him. Oh, really? Yeah, they rewrote it after they got him. Oh. What, was he supposed to be as Rockstar-y? No, he was he... supposed to be Rockstar-y, but I'm not even really quite sure. I think they just had it. It was one of those, like, I'll take the deal if we rewrite the character. To my liking, okay. a bit. So I think I'm pretty sure because it, it did have a lot of him in it. Oh yeah, he's talking about like the metaphysical theories of just sex and death and living and all that shit. And he's just going on in that one scene where I could have swore Jonah Hill definitely got him drunk. Which scene? That's like that was like the last dinner that they had, where it was the four of them, and it was like awkward and not awkward, and then awkward again. Right. Yeah, he definitely got hammered. Yeah, that. oh yeah, cranberry juice for sure. <laughs> he was like, for sure, he was like, "I'll take a cranberry juice." And then Joan was like, "Well, I could craft you like a cocktail, a cranberry cocktail, if you want, or just regular cranberry juice if you're feeling it." He goes, "I don't give a fuck. Just make the drink." And then, yeah. like two cuts later, he's spilling it on himself and going on rants. But it's not something that they ever like directly address. So That's a like good that. point. I know. I don't know if I ever really thought about it like that. Yeah, he definitely got him hammered. That's kind of also when he just unwinds, like the whole, the whole, it'll, everything on uh, unfolds for him after that. Like right mm-hmm. immediately after that, he kind of tells Sarah, "I've been sleeping with the maid, and I don't really give a fuck, like yeah. whatever." Well, the like, sleeping with the maid was a little. Ju- that was like a jab. That was like, yeah, it was oh, like we're having a bad throw it in at the end. Yeah, yeah. I love when Jonah was like, "So did you like listen to my album? Did you listen to it? Did you have you given it any thought?" And he's like. Yeah, I gave it some thought, and then I realized I was just going to not listen and go on about my life. <laughs> I was like, wow, this man is over it. That's another interesting dynamic, too, is that Jonah Hill, kind both characters he plays, is obsessed with Infant Sorrow and Aldous Snow. Yes. Yeah. But one much more confident than the other one. Well, 
I would argue neither one of them has confidence at the start of the movie. Yeah, well, he doesn't have, like, an arc or anything, but he does have, like, enough balls to pull him on stage and forgetting Sarah Marshall and go up to him and give him his album, whereas in Get Him, which we'll also talk about, he's just like a... Honestly, I have notes on Jonah Hill for our next podcast. Why did he get that fucking job? I don't know. Why was he sent to do that? He was not prepared for that. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's another podcast. We'll get into that when, (laughs) when it's time for that. So you said today was the first time you ever watched it for this podcast. Yeah. Never, just never got around to it. Yeah. Or... Just, I don't know. I, di- I didn't. It was just like another rom-com. I don't know. There's fucking millions of rom-coms out there. And I just, I don't know. It's just one of those ones like, oh, I haven't seen that maybe one day. It definitely for me wasn't a movie. I didn't see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. But I saw, I've, I've seen, I've. the first time I saw this movie was well over 10 years ago. I know it came out in 2008. I probably saw it. Getting to the Greek was probably already also released. So like when you saw it. By the time I saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Excuse me. But yeah, so I'd say probably around like the 2011, like senior year of high school, freshman year of college. I know both of these movies were go-tos for my brother's lacrosse team when they would go on road trips. Oh yeah. And that's kind of how I'm pretty sure Will, aka Phil. Uh-huh. Dragged me into it and showed, sat me down one day. We watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall together. I'm pretty sure. Oh, did you watch it before you saw Get Him? Yeah, I've seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall before Get Him to the Greek. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking blew my mind when that happened. But um, just talking about like the actual main characters instead of just Russell Brand the whole time because we could probably do that. I loved how many like little cameos they dropped, how much they worked in, like, Paul Rudd being in there. Like, yes. the first time I saw Jonah, I was like, oh, shit, how are you in this one, too? That's crazy. And then, uh, who else Who else was in it? Judd's notoriously good for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got, like, you know, he's got friends. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Um, Always amazing. Liz Kukowski, Kuchowski, the who plays the wife, his wife. Girl, yeah. yeah, Liz. She plays Liz uh, Bretter is the last name in mm-hmm. that movie. She's another good one, even though she's barely in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think she actually gets any in-person screen time, right? It's only through the FaceTime that you ever actually even see her. Yeah, I was trying. No, I think she was in the audience during the play at the end. Uh, that would make sense. Sitting next to the other guy who's in 30 Rock, whose name fucking escapes me. Billy Baldwin? Nah, he's no. the kid. The, the, in the movie, he's Aziz? like the dude on. No, in the movie, he's the dude. Um, on honeymoon with his wife, who's like, oh, <laughs> yes, yes, anxiety and sex, which also is like a little storyline that you don't quite get all the answers to, but it's like, all right, this man's going through something. Well, they do an excellent job in this movie of giving it like the resort feel, like no matter what's going on, yeah, in, on you and on Pete's personal trip in Hawaii, yeah. You run into the newlywed couple. Yeah. You take the surf- surfing lesson. You meet the weird surfing teacher. Yeah. You have the relationship with the bartender. You got all these typical weird resort relationships going on. Yeah. On top of the fact that this, this is the trip from hell for him. Yeah. From start to finish, it's a trip from hell. Uh-huh. So what would you score this? Okay. I think I was landing around a 7 six halfway through it and then i think by the end it it was able to get up to like a seven eight i did i kind of like 
you know, it roped me in and I was like, oh, I like the comedy that they're going for. They're not just leaving it up to the actors saying witty and funny lines. Like there's actual, there's some visual comedy in this. There's some ridiculousness. There's, you know, cameo comedy. And I don't know. I like, I like when you throw a good mix in and not just like, uh, know, certain comedies you see nowadays, just like put the actors on the stage. On screen and expect well, this them to deliver. Everything. This movie is written. Um, it's written. I believe it's written in tag team by by three of them. I think Nicholas Stoller, the director, yeah. Siegel, and one other person. But it's largely Siegel's story that he crafted from a combination of relationships that he'd been in. But it's largely based on his relationship and breakup with Linda Cardellini. Oh, really? The naked thing he yeah. he has said wasn't her though. He said that happened with another girl he was dating. The the first scene naked thing? When he gets broken up with naked. Yeah. He said that actually happened to him, not with Linda, but with another girl he dated. And he said the entire time all he could think about was, I, this is fucking hilarious. I can't wait for her to leave so I could write this down. <laughs> like, while it was happening. Yeah. Uh, so watching that scene, I was like, oh, somebody loved this idea of getting broken up with in your most vulnerable state. Like that's yeah. what I can think of. It seems like it, yeah, it seems like something that that's idea. super meta, right? Like yeah. you, one of the most terrible things is gonna happen to you while you're as vulnerable as you could ever be. Yeah. But then it, it's actually something that happened to him too, right? So yeah. it's like it's not even someone wrote it. You think like how hey, you can't even write this stuff. Well, that's because it happened. Like, yeah. He didn't have to write it, it got written for him. Yeah. Plus, a lot more nudity than I thought would be in this movie. Dude, tons of dick. Yeah. Tons of seagulls dick, which good for you, buddy. Yeah. Good for you. Like immediately full frontal. Mm-hmm. And then... And they cut away and you think that's going to be the end of it, but they cut back and it's just swinging in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first time... So she says it to him and they're not showing his dick. They're keeping it out of frame. And then he turns around and he's like, one second. And he cries. You just see his ass. And then he bends over and kind of goats us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Whoa, they're pushing that. And he turns around and just, fuck it. It's out there. So, and that is his piece. Yeah. That's no uh, CGI work. No, no, that. no. That no. is all Jason. No, that wasn't out of the uh, Jamie Foxx playbook. That was all him. Has Jamie Foxx done that? In Django. Yeah. Really? Yeah, when he's hanging upside down naked. After they catch him. He had a prosthetic dick. Okay. All right. Hey, look. It's not for everyone. You know? <laughs> it's not for not everyone. Everyone's got a hog like fucking Jason. Nah. Nah, not everyone's Jason Siegel, dude. <laughs> um, I personally, I, I feel like I want to go a little high. Yeah. But I feel like that's because I'm grading it on a curve of grading it for what it is. And it's a, it's, it's a romantic comedy. I feel like it's a little bit more comedy than romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. But it is still a romantic comedy. So I was going to say low eights, but I think I'm dialing it back like seven, nine. Okay. That's fair. Because I don't think it's like, it's not a groundbreaking story or anything. And there are a lot of jokes that are corny. Um, like, don't need to be there. I don't know. This is also kind of like a great time for rom-coms. It's like late 2000s because you could get different with the jokes and the formula has been played out in the early 2000s, 90s, 80s. And, uh, you know, you get a good director and screenwriter that could come up with like exactly how they're going to play this out, getting more layers involved in it, more relationships involved in it, and also focusing on other characters. And yeah, I just thought they did it well. But 
it's almost like it's this yeah. perfect combination of the rom-coms of yeah. the late 90s and the early 2000s and the teen movies. Because mm-hmm. the rom-coms, a lot, I mean, obviously there's going to be outliers here, but rom-coms traditionally, especially from that period, weren't as raunchy mm-hmm. and sexually charged in the comedy. Yeah. And that's where Not Another Teen Movie and Apple and American yeah. Pie and all these movies brought it. So this movie is kind of like rom-com, teen movie, yeah. mash them together for 26-year-olds. Yeah. Which is just my guess they're probably in their mid to late 20s, right? The, what? The characters in it? Yeah. Um, he did mention that she had, that uh, Kristen Bell's character had four years till she's 30. So she's Yeah, 26. so she's 26. And then... So he's probably anywhere from 25 to 30. Yeah. Doesn't look it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, he was probably in his early 30s, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd say so. What about Mila Kunis? She was pretty good in it, too. That's what I'm saying. This movie has so much firepower. It's yeah. Great. I loved her. Kristen her Bell's great. Mila Kunis is great. Russell yeah. Brand is amazing. Obviously, Siegel wrote it, so he's writing for himself. Yeah. Bill Hader, Paul Rudd. Yeah. It's even Liz K- Kozowski or however. I'm sorry if yeah. you know how to pronounce your last name. Liz. There's no wasted cameos. There's not a lot of wasted space. Everybody who's on screen uses the their screen time to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. And like even you said that it's got corny jokes, but like even like in the little one when he's in the beginning and he first gets there and he's like, oh, my God, that's Sarah Marshall. And she's like, yeah, people are excited. And yeah. It's like, it's my ex-girlfriend. We broke up a week ago. I didn't know she was here. Yeah. I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, maybe unbutton it. <laughs> Young buns and he's like she's like nah bun it back <laughs> I wasn't even feeling for him because I was like I was confused I was like does it look better unbuttoned or buttoned I can't tell she yeah, has a clear his idea face when he when he unbuttons it he's like yeah and then she's she like nah. button back up and then I'm as confused as he is because she's so sure that he should bind it back up but I'm like it looks no different my opinion <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's an incredible part. But just go right into it. Directed by Nicholas Stoller. Yes. Yes. You want some facts? Because I got facts for you. Facts you got facts I, for I me? Like facts. like fun facts or no, like information? Information that I carefully researched <laughs> myself. We got... <laughs> yeah. yeah, directed by Nicholas Stoller. Written by... You just said there were three writers, but Jason Segel's story. Uh, produced by Judd Apatow, Shauna Robertson, and Rodney Rothman. Runtime, 111 minutes. Starring Jason Segel as Peter Bretter, Kristen Bell as Sarah Marshall, Mila Kunis as Rachel Jansen, Russell Brand as Aldous Snow, Bill Hader. You were a bull hater. Bill uh, hater. Auto-corrected it. Bill Hader at... Auto-correct Bill to bull. I guess so. That's fucking stupid. Bull Hader as Brian Bretter, Liz Kakowski as Liz Bretter, Jonah Hill as... The lovable Matthew. And then we got Paul Rudd as Kunu. Oh, I didn't put Paul Rudd in there, did I? I was doing a million things at once. All right, budget. What do you think? Well, I Googled it. I researched this, (laughs) and you have not looked at it. The budget was, it was either $30 or $40 It was $30 million, and they boxed off as how much? 91.7 or 105.8 million. That was a weird two guesses. 105.8 million. 
No, well, it's not weird because the other one's Greek. Oh, got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, man. Um, so what do you think is like, I don't know, what draws people in to like Jason Segal's character? Because he's an everyman, but he's an everyman but himself. It's weird. It's like he doesn't, there's a lot of rom-coms do the everyman thing, but he's also got his own quirky way about him and his own uh, career and he's like he's sort of the everyman but he's like the everyman adjacent right because even though he has like a pretty normal job and he's a regular dude and there's nothing special about him mm-hmm. he still works on a tv show yeah and he's around people powerful people famous people yeah attractive people mm-hmm. like sarah marshall mm-hmm. so he's kind of like a lot of the rom-coms put you in this the everyman, like she's out of my league. The movie, she's yeah. out of my, where or any of them, where these guys who really, you know, don't have the redeeming qualities on the outside, mm-hmm. and they wind up just bumping into this girl by happenstance, and mm-hmm. it's an hour and thirty minute fuckarounds yeah. of now we're in love. Yeah, this wasn't happenstance. He yeah. was there because he put himself there. Yeah. And it's kind of like the story of who you are, not what you look like, in a way, yeah. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, he got his job because he's a good music composer. Mm-hmm. That's how he got to be where he was, which is ultimately how he got to be with Sarah. Yeah. So it's not the story of the everyman who finally gets the girl. It's the everyman who has the girl and gets his heart broken. Yeah. You know, we're kind of like... Kind of ta- uh, Tarantinoing it in a way. Yeah. Not yeah. quite where we're showing you the ending and then running it back, but like we're starting this movie backwards. Yeah. He's happy, fat and happy, and like fucking eating, you know, he's eating the cereal out of the salad bowl. Yeah. And, you know, happy go lucky guy mm-hmm. until his fucking heart is shattered. And now he's broken and he ultimately winds up finding love in an unsuspecting spot which is the story of all of these movies yeah so he does have he does come into it with a few flaws that he has to overcome one of which directly relates to his fat and happy self which is more of him wanting like you know you go into this job being a composer being a musician wanting high ambitions and then you just end up making fucking tones for a crime show, a shitty crime show <laughs> with shitty fucking <laughs> bro sunglass moments. The procedurals <laughs> in in this movie, the procedural scenes yeah. are Billy Baldwin's the best. Dude. <laughs> Every line Billy Baldwin drops in this movie yeah. looks like he made a Texaco. <laughs> <laughs> they get progressively worse. Yeah, dude, it starts a... with like talk about a cat fight. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be hard to be an actor without a face. Uh, you remember that theory about how we thought <laughs> how we thought the vic- the the killer would the pro- uh killer was having sex with his victims before he killed them? That's the theory. We'll take a look. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's working as a high ambition when he first got into showbiz musician. With kind of a niche to do puppet musicals in small theater. Maybe he didn't so, want to do small theater, but that's where it's crazy. Fun fact on that. Yeah. Um, can't remember. I th- it might have been before he like got any break at all. So it might have been pre How I Met Your Mother days. And yeah. No, you know what? It was 
Might have been pre-undeclared. Because he was on Undeclared. That TV show ran for one. It was a TV show. It was about freshmen in college. It ran for one season. It was a Judd thing. Jay Baruchel was the star. Mm -hmm. Um, Siegel was in it. Rogan was in it. Rogan? Seth Seth Rogan, yeah. Oh, Seth. But anyway, he, um, yeah, you know, the Judd guys. Point being. The other Rogan. Point being, he was actually. The less monthly listener. Yeah, Rogan with the E. (laughs) He makes vases. Does he? Yeah, he's been into pottery for like 10 years, dude. He makes like... Clay or glass? Clay. Cool. Like ghost. Sure. Okay. Um, point here is that Jason Siegel actually was... He is a musician. Uh-huh. He is a composer. He composed all of the original music for this movie and Get Him to the Greek. No shit. He actually was working on writing and composing a Dracula play meant for puppets. That's pulled from his real life directly. Oh. Yep. And he was like, that's a stupid fucking idea. Let's throw it in this movie. I guess, dude. <laughs> it's like a... <laughs> But he did go on to do the Muppets movie, the 2012 Muppets movie, which was his lifelong dream. He, no compo- shit. he composed that movie, yeah. Wow, yep. good for him. Nice. Jason Siegel really obviously plays the piano, so anytime he's playing the piano. No, the he movie, looks like he knows what he's That's doing. really him. Yeah. I like how he uses song to get his emotions out there, too. Like every song plays into it. Yeah. So, uh, anywho, he goes, like, that's kind of one problem that he has internalized. That's like, it ultimately leads to his breakup is his like failed success. And then him just like not knowing how to get around it, whether he has like a creative block, but he's just like, he doesn't care about the job he's doing. He's just sitting in his pajamas all week, eating cereal out of a fucking bowl. And yeah, it's the it's complacency. Yeah, so he's got a super hot girlfriend. She makes a bunch of money. He does well enough for himself working on this television show. Yeah, I mean, what more is there to to worry about? Yeah, so that's one problem for him that he uh, figures out. The other one is his vulnerability. It's at it's super high, and that ends up working for him. But it also like kind of like it takes a while for it to work for him. Like, it's in the first scene, he's, like, we were talking about him being ass naked and then getting broken up with. That just shows his vulnerability off the bat in a visual metaphor stance. But then she talks about, or he talks about, like, her leaving because he would smother her. And he's sharing all of his feelings with everybody at this fucking resort. And eventually, some Hawaiians dude's like, you gotta stop telling everyone about this. Yeah, dude. He's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, it's the bartender. It's the bartender. No, it was the dude who, who had to kill the pig. Yeah, isn't he also the bartender? No, not the, the same guy. The no, the bartender. The bartender's the yeah, Dwayne. Yep. Is his name Dwayne? His name is Dwayne. Okay. His name is either Dwayne in the movie or that's the actor's name, but I'm pretty sure that the character's name is Dwayne. At, at certain times in his life, he has gone by Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that they, and then at that point, they're telling him. Mm-hmm. Um. You got to stop telling everybody about this, man. Doesn't he tell him you got to get laid? Doesn't that guy tell him that? He's like, come. And then he says, come help me. We got to prepare a pig for tomorrow. You want to come help? Oh, uh, yeah. He's and like, then, get your mind off things. Yeah, it's an amazing scene. Yeah, he's like, I'm he's like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's sobbing, carrying the pig. Yeah. And the dude's like, he's dead, man. Yeah. It's all right. Quit it's crying. Over, you got to stop crying, man. He's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's dealing with like a huge vulnerability issue as well, which... You know, a 
a lot of people in this movie are very vulnerable. Like Mila Kunis is, she's just like, I am who I am. Uh, Alda Snow is, same thing, but they're doing it in a confident way. He's doing it in an I'm a loser way. Right. You know, so it's like he has the vulnerability there, but it's the confidence that's not there, which, you know, plays into him being a failed actor and every, uh, not actor, failed musician. Um, now, where does Kristen Bell's plan not work for her? Like, what is her character flaw that ultimately ends in her demise at the end of this movie? Um, greed isn't the word that I'm looking for. Right? It's, it's like, not greed, but it's like... Huh. It's kind of like the opposite. It's like he's got... She has everything and wants more... It's like she's just... It's again, it's complacency, I guess, in a way, in, in, in this aspect where for the past however many years they've been together, I was going to say five, but I think I'm just making it that number up. It is five. Yeah. So for the past five years they've been together, first of all, you see this demonstrated great in the stretch of red carpet scenes, which is a great scene. Where oh, like, yeah, hey, yeah. Mutombo, get out of the shot. <laughs> Andre the Giant, out of the shot. But yeah. he's in, you know, at all these red carpets events, she's this high profile uh, actress. Everybody, she's super hot. Everybody wants a piece of her. Everyone wants a picture. Everyone wants to talk to her. Yeah. And he's just standing there off to the holding side, the holding all of her shit. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of is just baby, not babying her, but she says that he feels, she feels smothered by her. But by the end of the movie, she comes around and realizes that it's cons all of these considerate things that he does for her. Yeah. She's not getting from Aldis and she misses it. And you're not going to get that. She's not going to get that kind of a relationship from another super mega star. Oh, also it's about vain, right? It's about vanity and yeah. superficial. Like she, she wants all that and like, he's not good enough. So she wants better. She talks about like, Oh, I'm going to leave the show. I'm going to leave the crime show. I'm going to leave my job. And then it gets canceled. And she's like, well, I want it for another year. And it's like, no, you just didn't want, you wanted to quit, not get fired type of deal. Yeah. And, and same thing with Aldous. She goes and tries to like use him to get back at Jason at the end of the movie. But then he says it's over and she's heartbroken by it. Like. She just, it's, I think greed is a fine word. It's her, an ultimate, it's a fall from grace in a way. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, not quite as extreme, but like, this is someone at the start of the movie who has the world in her hands. Yeah. And at the end, she's left picking up the pieces of nothing pretty much. Yeah. With her hand out and nobody's there to take it. Yeah. I do think like, also, by the way, not that super relevant, but she just wound up doing another shitty TV show because as we see and get him to the Greek, she's on another fake shitty procedural called blind medicine. So she never makes real and get him to the Greek. She oh, has a little cameo. Russell she? Brand goes, oh, I used to fuck her. And it's like, oh, Sarah Marshall is <laughs> oh. blind medicine. And she's walking up the fucking hall of the, of the hospital with a cane, like a blind person cane. <laughs> I remember this now, and I remember thinking always, like, that seems, like, totally unnecessary to throw in this movie. It's just but it's just it to sense. remind you that we're tagging the two of them no, together. No, no, now it still. makes a lot of sense. That's really the only bit that ties these two together from Get Him to the Greek. Well, no, the, get, him to, get Him to the Greek where he goes, 
oh, I used to have sex with her, and yeah. that's blind medicine for getting Sarah Marshall, yeah. or Sarah Marshall is. Yeah. And then they do the little bit, and that's it. And then there's somebody else that's not Billy Baldwin. There's someone else who's a co-star, irrelevant. But that's the only little throw-in other than the character of all this snow mm-hmm. that, like, acknowledges that these two movies happen in the same world. Oh, nice. You know, that's their, little, that's their little callback yeah. to Forgetting Sarah Good for this team. They had a nice one-two punch there. They said, Jason Siegel said on a podcast somewhere that they had enough footage from just the procedurals to do their own movie. From just the procedural shots. What? Yeah. That's pretty. <laughs> he said they would do like 30, sh- like 30 different fucking takes a day. Yeah, that's crazy. For like two weeks or whatever when they were doing the procedurals and then only a few of them hit. What is it, four of them that I think yeah, they, they wound like up that. using? Yeah. Man. And then even when he's flying home, she's like right there. But he's just like over it at that point. Well, you have this thing throughout the movie. And I don't know if you wanted to save this for when we we're talking about writing and stuff. But... I think we already jumped into talking about Yeah, that. it's a fucking mishmash. It is what it is. It's yeah. going off the rails, dude. The whole show is going <laughs> off the rails. Um, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get it back together. The whole time, especially towards the end of the, the second act and into the third act of the film, he just starts noticing all these things yeah. that Rachel does yeah. that Sarah always did the opposite of. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. I didn't know girls, I didn't know girlfriends could do that. I didn't know mm-hmm. this was allowed. I didn't know girlfriends could react this way. Yeah. And vice versa, the other opposite end of the spectrum, Sarah Marshall is experiencing all of these all of these selfish acts of Aldis mm-hmm. and remembering all of the times Peter was there to let her walk all over him mm-hmm. and regretting it. Yeah. So. What other things does uh, Mila Kunis' character do that reminds Jason of the bad things that Sarah Marshall used to do other than not enjoy his fucking Dracula song. Um, what does she say? I'm not, oh, the, the bar, oh, I'll go get another, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'll go get another oh, round. And yeah, she goes, like, no, pay. she goes, no, Peter, really, it's not a big deal. Like I'm not that kind of girl. And then he has a flashback to fucking Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Like, hold like this. yeah, hold this, do that. Go get me this. Whatever. There's a couple of them. I, Watched the movie last week. I didn't watch it yeah, yeah, yeah. in immediate preparation, so I can't think of... It's like three things for each of them. No, 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 you reminded, that reminded me, though. I forgot. I saw it fucking this morning. It's like three things for each of them. Yeah. It's definitely the the paying for the beers. Uh, and then it's something in the bedroom, I think, too. That's pretty bitching, isn't it? Like, the whole... Like, using those flashbacks to drive the story and his thoughts, like, they did it pretty well, you know? They didn't just... Like, he didn't just wake up one day going, oh, I'm over her. It, like, took some time. Well, and so like, and they sprinkled it in there. And then even at the end when she's like, I'm sorry, and they start hooking up, you're like, oh, okay, you still have feelings for her. But then his dick's not working. And you're like, oh, all that added up to this moment where you're just, like, subconsciously over, over it all. I think the movie tells a good story about the need for closure and healthy closure, mm-hmm. right? Because for, I think it's three weeks this is going on mm-hmm. where he's miserable and he has all, he keeps banging all the whores. <laughs> Great scene of movie whores though. Great. There's one well, girl. They're not, they're not whores. No, I mean, move like girls who are typecast, who have been typecast as sexual characters. Yes. 
there's the one girl in that run, I forget her name. She's the same girl in 40-year-old virgin who tells um, Corel to lick her toes and then kicks him. Yeah. Also the same girl who rapes Jonah Hill with the dildo and get him to the Greek. Was she the one that said gag me? My yeah, you can gag me. Yeah, yeah. you have a gag. She's like also the same. She's like that girl in like four or five movies. She's just always in a you know a sexual character. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know maybe it's not the best way to be typecast. Yeah, that was an interesting sequence too because they didn't just make him a loser that got broken up with. Like he had conf. He did have fucking. Now I'm contradicting myself because he did have confidence. He like. Went to the bar well, with Bill Hader, said, I want to get laid. Just told these girls straight up, like, let's fuck tonight. And it worked. And then he went on a sequence of having these one-night stands. So it's not like he's a loser. Right. I would agree with that in the sense that he's not necessarily a loser. He is hammered all the time during that sequence. Yes. So I think it's more about depression than it is about... Mm. Um, you know, like, cause he's, it's just yeah. hammered sex, hammered sex, hammered yeah. sex, and he doesn't feel any better. He keeps feeling worse. And he's never going to ultimately feel better and get that closure. Now you could say Mila Kunis helped or she might've helped him realize it, but ultimately it was seeing her again and being forced to have to see each other for a week, mm-hmm. which is what gave him that closure and his final ability to let go. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a good commentary on like the, the toxicity of the way a relationship can end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you're with someone for five years and then you just thought, oh, I was cheating on you, fuck off. Like that's a lot to try to take in. Like I don't know how mm-hmm. anybody would deal with that without getting the proper closure. Yeah. I did like at the end when – him and Sarah Marshall were hooking up for the last time. I felt like, oh shit, Mila's gonna walk in. Like, fuck, Mila's gonna see this. Mila's gonna walk in. And I like that they didn't do it because that was expected, but I also like how emotionally I was invested. And didn't want Right, to but then, then he ultimately turns around and tells her right away anyway, right? Yes, in a stupid fucking way. I disagree with that scene wholeheartedly. One, telling her in general, and two, how he did it. He just like left out all the details that would have made him seem like a better person. And yeah. like just dropped the worst details. Yeah, well then it gave him the opportunity to steal the picture and almost get killed. He steals the picture off the oh, wall yes, yes, of the yes, bed, yes, you yes, know, because yes. he does that after yeah. after he tells And he also her. redeems himself. He doesn't come up with excuses. He just kind of this is what it is. He was also just hurt by getting cheated on, so you know, and knows that she's had a shitty run of men in her life so i guess he can't really like he's kind of gotta own it yeah i mean it's a it's a good character trait you know it shows a lot about his character having him come out and right away hey look this is what happened but like didn't mean anything Mm -hmm. you know like i just want to be upfront with you Mm -hmm. it is kind of like in a way how he you know like you said he got cheated on and he knows what it made him feel like so Mm -hmm. he wouldn't want to carry on anything without telling her and it's worth I guess the risk or the, um, yeah, the risk of how she's going to react when he tells her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Entirely. So are these all the story notes you have? Yeah, I'd say so as far as the story goes. Yeah. Okay, great. Because I have a bone to pick with 
coloring and cinematography. Now, I liked a lot of it. I like their use of harsh lighting, but when you when you take in the sky in the background and you're dimming it down to a dark blue, it's noticeable. It's noticeable. <laughs> I notice it. I don't know if you noticed it. Probably not. And but when, I can when... see any time they had a scene where it's during the day and you see the sky and then the faces are bright and you can see it's a sunny day, but then they brought down the sky because they thought it would be too bright and they wanted to focus all the action on the faces. It just, I think it was done a little too much. I wish I could pull up a screenshot for you and show you a difference with like, if I highlighted the blues and just brought them up a little bit, it would have seemed more natural, but it's noticeable folks. Nick Stoller, Jason Siegel, Judd. You heard it here first, dude. I Get bet it together. they had just a little bit to do with it, but... <laughs> Whoever your fucking <laughs> editors were Colors. that did yeah, the color. You know there was plenty of people who could have said, but hey, hey, stop that. You cut that out. Yeah, you cut that out. Stop it. Although no, I, I don't liked think a I lot of that. the other, I liked a lot of like the lighting and the rest of it. Totally fine. I like, you know, I didn't think that there was any like mind bending shots or anything, but you know, it looked like a great place to be. This Hawaii place. Oahu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing the hula. Yeah. I'm doing a luau. A hula. Yeah, luau. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing the luau. It's yeah. called the hula. No, I'm pretty sure it's called the luau. <laughs> Jason um, Siegel and Sarah Marshall last hookup scene. The doors open to their villa and there's a wedding or some kind of thing happening outside of the door. And she's just like giving him head right there. And I was like, that's a little odd. Well, the first time her and Russell Brand have sex, they're doing it right outside on the on the on the uh No, they were like hooking up out there and then he started yelling at them, which is also a great scene because he's on the phone with Bill Hader and he's like, Oh, I see them. I'm gonna say something. Yeah. And Bill's like, No, don't and then he's yelling at him and you just hear Bill on the phone going, No Stop what you're doing. Yeah. No <laughs> Peter Peter <laughs> Did you like what you saw? Yeah. Did you like that? Are you happy now? Yeah. Well, I, I know Sarah, and I'm pretty sure I just ruined her day. And then she's <laughs> getting a... raw dogged out, <laughs> yeah. having the time of her life in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good actress. I like, I like that. Christine. All of the acting in this movie is good. Yeah. I don't have a problem with any of the acting in this movie. Yeah, no. No, not like that new thing. Thank goozled acting we see in TV shows now. I'm not I'm even sure. To, I'm talking to you, the good place. I'm not even <laughs> sure who you're talking about. Um, anything else before we take a break? Nah. All right. Nah, I'm satisfied with this rant. All right. We're here. We got to talk to you about Stay Thirsty for a minute. All right. In October, we had a special promotion going on. Droptober, you had brand new products every week in the month of October. For the holiday season, we got a little something different going on. Isn't that right, Jack? Yes, sir. This holiday season, we're going to have a mystery box for you guys. You're going to use code HAVOC to get 15% off. Get a mystery box. You're going to give a gift to yourself while you're giving gifts to the people you care about. Stay thirsty, Co. Drop the OI and focus on you. All right, and we're back. It's time to give out a few of our special little awards here for forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think we should start with the best quote. Best Not quote. 
Yes. I got a few nominees right off the bat. My personal favorite comes out of the mouth of Bill Hader. Um, that is the mother of my unborn child. We're not even blood. What makes you think? Oh no, I have no qualms with sticking you. I will equalize you. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Then there's also Paul Rudd and Jason Segel. If you got if you got bitten by a shark, you're not just gonna give up surfing, are you? I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> when life hands you lemons, just fuck the lemons and bail. Also, Paul Rudd. I do like a Paul Rudd quote. You have darkness behind your eyes. That I do. You know what helps? Weed. You got any? Yeah. No. All right, let's surf then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His character plays in, so you think he's going to say surfing off the bat and then weed. And uh, another Bill Hader one was, I feel like I got herpes just by sitting on this couch. Yeah. I I think my favorite is definitely, we're not even blood. I have no qualms with sticking you. Yeah. I will equalize you. Yeah. <laughs> you really want to go there? <laughs> do you really want to have this conversation now? Yes, I do. That's the mother of my unborn child. That was so good. She's not, it's not like dating Liz. She's better than Liz. <laughs> Like, wild to say to someone, holy shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I know Aldous Snow definitely has some quotes in there. Oh, that's the other one I couldn't think of. Thank you for racking my brain. When we first meet Aldous Snow. Yeah. I've lost a shoe. Have you? It's sort of like this one's fellow. Yeah. You know, quite the same, actually. Like, one can't live without the other. Yeah. Just like this one, but literally the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen my shoe? Like, this one... Exactly like this one, but the opposite. Not like an evil twin or anything. But yeah. <laughs> and meet someone new. And immediately after, have you found this shoe? Oh, the fish. When he's like, oh, I learned all... Dwayne, the bartender. Yeah. When he's like, oh, I learned all kinds of fish, man. I didn't know... I'm from South Central, man. He's like... I came out to I Hawaii, can man. I can name over 200 fish. And they're like, what's the state fish of Hawaii? And he says that. Yeah. That's the actual. Kind of, kind of look, look, whatever. whatever that is, is yeah. the actual state yeah. fish of Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> so confident. I love that. And when the the couple on the honeymoon is like, he's trying to have sex with her, but it's not working. And she's like, I'll go down on you. He's like. No, God put a, God put mouths on our heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're hysterical. Oh, there's the other. I saw him beat up a guy with a starfish one time. Yeah. That guy was me. <laughs> yeah. Ah, very quotable. What's the best quote, though? I'm going with the I will equalize you. I will equalize you. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm trying to think if Jason has any, like, good quotes that also play to the story well i i don't know if it's really so much quotable but um what after he after she breaks up with him and he goes back to work and he he rages out and starts ripping the screen down and he goes you're fucking billy baldwin aren't you yeah. <laughs> oh and then there's also i can't believe we have to we have to cite this one in the list even if it doesn't win because it gets said by everybody that all of our friends to this day still f i'll just go fuck myself the Jonah Hill, yeah, I'll just so go fuck is myself. Is that like where that came yes. from? Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
I'll just go fuck myself then. That's where that came from. Oh, yeah, because he tries to take the dish that is full and he's eating. Yeah, he's in the middle of eating and he goes, <laughs> oh, I'll take that. He's like, I'm still eating. He's like, cool, I'll just go fuck myself then. Yeah. What? Oh, nothing. Yeah, that was genius. Uh, Mila Kunis on the beach when her boyfriend walks up and she's like, you motherfucker! I'm like, I didn't oh. expect that at all. You were like, I'll kill you! I'll kill you! <laughs> what does he tell her? He was like, he told you, he's like, oh, you, it was like, oh, Maury. He's like, it was like an episode of Maury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not expect her to blow up like that. And then you see, like, her kind of, like, underworld of this, like, resort working Hawaiian life thing. That was... Yeah, the people who are just the scene. locals, the transplants that are just yeah. trying to survive. And then she invites him. She invites him to it. And he's like, well, I'll, you know, we can go together. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. We can go there together. And he's like, well, unless you don't want me to. She's like, don't be weird. If you want to go, go. If you don't, don't. He's like, all right, I'll go. All right, good. Now go change your shirt and meet me at this time. Yeah. Like, yeah. The constant drawbacks <laughs> to this shirt is amazing. Dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that moment when Sarah Marshall realizes that she just like is shitty at picking out men's clothing. <laughs> oh that's the other thing that um that she buys back. russell brand the shirt and he's like i'm not wearing this shirt and then she has the flashback to all the times jason siegel just wore her shitty shirts that she bought yeah her. shitty shirt he had a satchel and yeah he's like, oh it's so much better than a backpack that stupid fucking airbrush hat he takes to the bar yeah yeah, yeah. my girlfriend got it for me oh it looks stupid thank you yeah <laughs> um so i mean i, I don't know is that I'm I'm locking it in with I will equalize you. I will equalize you is good. Oh, the weed the the Paul Rudd weed one I was dying. Oh, and then there's also I expected him to say surfing. And he goes weed. Got any? Nah. All right, let's surf. <laughs> <laughs> Very on brand for the character. And then another yeah. one that's constantly quoted, and I don't know if people a lot of people even realize it's from this movie. It's Paul Rudd. Oh, the weather outside is weather. Yeah. Constantly quoted all the time. <laughs> that's where it comes from this movie you never heard anyone say that no it gets quoted a lot i've heard like on on those days out yeah. here in new york where it's fucking 30 degrees in the morning and then it freezing cold rain and then by the afternoon it's 60 and you need 65 yeah those are the days you see it all over facebook and twitter and no shit, shit. i i've heard i hope the carpet matches the pubes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i forgot about that one too that's good yeah. <laughs> I love the people trying to mimic an English accent to Russell Brand. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, I remember that bloke. I totally dismissed him and now he's my idol. Oh no. <laughs> what is that? Is that supposed to be me? Is that supposed to be me talking? That's is not that, what I sound is that like. That terrible English accent supposed yeah. to be me. Yes. <laughs> you could be like, oh no. <laughs> Paul Rudd, oh, you have a piece of coral stuck in your leg. Yes, mate, get it out. Oh, I'd love to, but can't do it. Resort policy, you know, insurance and all that. <laughs> Could you call someone? Yeah. All right, then go do it. You got it, dude. Fucking Kunu. Fucking What's his Kunu. regular name? Chuck? Chuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, is, what, is, dude, what does Kunu, Kunu mean? mean? Means Chuck. Means Chuck. <laughs> so, uh, best actor. Ultimately, gonna come down to three people. I feel here: mm -hmm. Siegel, Bell, Mila. Mila. I think Russell deserves it. He's on the poster. 
You think he deserves best actor for the whole film? I think, all right, when you, like, he was, I don't, I wouldn't give him best actor, but I would put him up there in the running. Like, we could rank it, and I wouldn't put him as number four. I put Siegel way on the outside, one, because he wrote the movie for him. He wrote the part for himself. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, like, let's just call it what it is. His range isn't that great. He's got talents outside of acting, great writer, great musician, good comedic yeah, timing. Well, I believed his character very well. Yeah, no, he's believed, but, like, even that's there, – there's not much difference. Now, I know this isn't going to be something I think that you can really relate to too much. The difference between Marshall Erickson and Jason Siegel – not very far. Who's and Marshall Erickson? His character in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, got it. So he's just like... It's like the Seth like Rogen style. Yeah, 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 it's like, you know. Yeah, okay. I think Kristen Bell should be number one, and here's why. She's tasked with the job of drawing the, the heat, so yeah. to speak, you yeah. know? And I think she's very not unlikable. She's very unlikable. She's very unlikable. And she, she that's her job likeable. is to be unlikable. Even, I think she's very likable even through all her flaws. You think so? Yeah. And even at the end, I'm like, oh, shit, you're, you're a sad little girl. But Yeah, but like she I deserved feel, it, right? She did. Like, and I see, you don't feel I bad see, for her at the end of the movie. No, I didn't feel bad for her. And I saw where, like, from a writing standpoint, like, where her character was going and, like, um... I mean, I would put her as my top pick with Mila being a close second because I liked Mila more in this than in probably anything else I've seen her in. Mila's very good, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think you might you might have a good point. Mila's very good, too. Mm-hmm. She might she might edge out Kristen Bell. I'm I'm oh, wow. That's weird because I'm I'm Kristen. I'm Kristen one Mila two. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Kristen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Kristen Bell number one, Mila two, Russell three, Siegel four. That's my order. And you yeah. said Russell shouldn't be in it. All right. No, no, no. I just said he shouldn't be number one. Uh, yeah. He shouldn't okay. win the award. No, I think Kristen just, I don't know. She makes you think she's kind of above everybody in the movie too, you know. And it might just be her backstory, but I don't know. She's like. And the fact that the movie well, that, is that's the thing too. Her. Like she's, she's this high-profile celebrity actress kind of a deal, right? Yeah. But now, after she leaves Pete, who let's be honest, is a guy who, she is probably part of the reason that his musical career has been what it's been, mm-hmm. is because she has probably emotionally caged him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because she doesn't. She's one of those people. I want to see you doing good, but not better than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she wants, she gets, it's like narcissism, I guess. Yeah. Is narcissism the right word? It's narcissism. Where she, like she wants everyone to do all right, but she doesn't want to see you do more successful than she does. Mm-hmm. And she's probably the equivalent of like, uh, I don't even know. We don't have TV stars anymore, so it's hard to say. But like, um, I guess one of the girls, I guess Jennifer Aniston, right? Before she broke TV into movies. Stars. I thought you said TV stores. No, stars. Like she's probably the equivalent of like PC Richards. No, so she's probably like, well, I guess we're going to have to go back to Jennifer Aniston Friends pre um, her movie career. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't really have that kind of a TV star anymore, at least not one that I could think of. And 
She leaves Pete, who is a guy who just works on her show, who's pretty much an everyman. Yeah. And now her next boyfriend is the equivalent to like uh, Dave Grohl, like megastar. Yes. Like he is, however famous Sarah Marshall is in this at the start of this movie. Yeah. Aldis Snow is twice as famous as her. Yeah. So it's a complete, everything is a complete flip around for her. Yeah. And it fucks her up very quickly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She also can't handle how much of a rock star he is. No. Well, she can't handle the attention being on anyone other than her in a room, let alone in a relationship. Yeah. She's not used to walking up. They shouldn't be walking into the hotel Mm -hmm. and people are going, oh, my God, that's Aldous Snow, not, oh, my God, that's Sarah Marshall. Yeah. I did think that it was interesting knowing who, like. Once you find out he's there and how big his character is, the fact that Mila Kunis is like, yes, yeah, Sarah Marshall's here. Everyone's pretty excited, but she doesn't mention Elvis Snow. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess it's because. Are they serves the story. when he first sees her? She's not with. Him. She's not walking with him yeah. when he first sees her. Right. So they're not they together. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not really, for the point of the story, yeah. you're introducing him in the next scene anyway, so why have Mila use a throwaway line on it when yeah. he's just going to introduce himself? Yeah, it was the same scene. It was the, yeah, it's like, she, I see her walking up, and now, oh, no, they're coming, and he, yeah, he comes walking up with the shoe, and the way we get him coming up with the shoe deal yeah, just like, is way better <laughs> than, oh, he's here, than fucking, oh, yeah, and, you know, mega rock star Aldis Snow is with her. Yeah. And he comes up just like fucking not a care in the world other than where's my other shoe. And also now, I guess if you look at it chronologically on in the timeline, this probably falls right after. Um, does he divorce Jackie Q and then immediately start doing drugs and alcohol again? Yeah, when they split up, he realized. Because I'm thinking... In my head, this happens like. She leaves him. In my head, this happens like right after they split up, because he's still sober and he says seven years of sobriety. He has yeah. the tattoos and everything, so they were sober together for seven years while they were married. Then they split up. Then he's with Sarah, because he's still kind of doing the sober thing and not really drinking. Mm-hmm. And then after Sarah Marshall, I think is when African Child and and when that nightmare blows up, right? Unless we just didn't think unless that, we unless in. we just didn't think about it that much chronologically when they made the movies, and then if that's the case, fine. And they just jumped ahead. But of time. for me, this happens like right after he splits up with Jackie Q, and then he kind of and then he derails derails. So he splits up with Jackie Q, and then I think he doesn't relapse until she gains custody of their son Naples. So you could say that this happens in between that time, but also Aldis is Aldis two weeks after this movie ends, goes on an eighteen month tour. So that's a year and a half. And then he's gotta come out with so a whole new record and album. If you and then set up another tour for us to get to get him to the Greek. Well, he doesn't put out the new album and get him to the Greek. He puts out African Child, then it gets crushed, and then time elapses and then we get to the start, right? Yeah, but I assume I mean, you could, African Child comes a whole uh, new... Unless we got Jason Siegel or Stoller or Apatow on the fucking horn to talk hash this out with us. I'm just going to say that 18-month tour was the tour that was going with African Child. 
So as soon as he left to go on this tour, African Child bombs. The tour probably gets cut short early. It's entirely possible. I mean, we're all just talking shit at this point. Yeah. I mean, at this, who, no one probably knew they were going to, it yeah. probably wasn't until they finished the movie and saw what they had with Russell Brand that they were like, oh no, we need. Spinoff. Yeah. We need to do one okay. just based on this guy. Yeah. So Kristen Bell, best actor for sure. Yeah. Scene. Uh, me personally, my favorite scene is when they, when he's at the bar with, with Bill Hader, when Pete and Brian are at the club. Yeah. So you don't need to put your P in a V right now, man. He goes, nah, dude, I got to shoot my L on some T's. Or yeah. shoot my L on somebody's some T's. And he's yeah. like, you guys, you're disgusting. That whole bit, he's like, it's, I don't even know you. It's like you're a step stranger, not a step brother. He's yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus, Peter, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> I'm your step brother and you're acting like a step stranger right now. Yeah, yeah. What are what is some else? Is it liquids? I, I was trying to wrap my head around. Shoot that. my load on some titties. Oh, load. That's what he's saying. Gotcha. Does he say beat? He might say beat my L. He might. Say I was like, did beat... he say L? Did he not say C? No, he says L. He or says I, I want to beat my L on somebody's titties. Yeah, I heard L, and I was like, what is L? You don't oh, need to put sense. your P in a V right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one that we still say all the time. Yeah, yeah. Not trying to put my P in a V. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene is the dinner scene between the four. All four kids. of them? Yeah. Why? Awkwardness? Um, you Everybody's character kind of unveils there. You see Jason getting more confident, not being with Sarah. You see Sarah start to lose her mind over Jason. Nat, like, her and Mila are getting along in the beginning, and Mila's defending her about her movie, which hilariously Jason and Russell tear apart <laughs> like no nah, you didn't see that movie because it sucked <laughs> oh which is actually so they wrote that line about the movie about a killer cell phone right yeah they wrote that line without realizing that this movie came out in 2008 so i think 2006 mm -hmm. Kristen bell starred in not phone booth she starred in a movie that had a very similar con like it it was, oh, yeah, really? yeah. Pull up her filmography. Look for shit she did in like '04. Okay. Because yeah, that was like something that I saw. That was a complete coincidence that they wrote that line about her being in a movie about a killer cell phone. But two years before that, she was actually in a movie with a similar plot hole, no uh, similar shit. plot. I can't remember the movie. Was it um that one where like I can't think of the name. Oh, two thousand five, two thousand four. Deadwood, Spartan, Gracie's Choice, American Dreams, The Shield, People Are Dead. She has quite the fucking resume. Jesus. Oh, hold on. Might have been 2006. Yeah, I'm just looking in the range right now. I kind of skipped down to five and then went down. So now I got to go back up. Reefer Madness, the movie musical. Just saying, that's a thing. <laughs> She's in it. Deep Water, The Receipt, Last of America, 50 Pills, Pulse. Romance. Pulse. Pulse. Click that, click that movie. When their computer hacker friend accidentally channels a mysterious wireless signal, a group of co-eds rally to stop a terrifying evil from taking over the world. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's the one where it's like a similar storyline to like murder, murderous technology. 
So that was just a fun little he coinkydink. Computer in Crete and develops a powerful signal and accidentally releases a mysterious force that takes the will to lives of human beings, generating a suicide epidemic and increasing the force. Whoa, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was man. a fun little fact. Oh, she's a, she's a voice in Assassin's Creed. Look at this. She's all over the place, dude. Yeah, she's also like super super active in like the feminist movement. So I've never watched Veronica Mars, but that's that's a crime show. It's an FBI crime show. But is it? It's not like a like a procedural. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Uh-huh. I think Siegel did that because he always thought that they were funny. Oh, I'm sure he did it because I mean between that and like the Doctor shows, it's like those are the two most yeah procedurals. They're so and they're all cheesy. Even yeah. SVU is a little cheesy. Yeah. Like, every line Billy Baldwin delivers in that movie is, like, the exact style of a line Ice-T would deliver in SVU as Finn. She was in The Shield for quite a bit. What else we got here? So, yeah, that scene, though, like, okay, so they start tearing apart her movie, and then Mila... In the same scene, Mila was being very nice. They're tearing Jeez. apart the movie at the at the point where they're at dinner already, right? Yeah, yeah. And then at the like Mila was being nice about the whole movie thing and like getting uh Kristen's back, and then Kristen came back and started talking shit about Mila, and then that made Mila like kiss Jason in front of them all the while she's like missing that love, and then Russell Brand starts talking about what I think is drunkenly talking about, like, you should just be able to fuck anybody at any given time. Yeah. At all. Talking about <laughs> like monogamy whole being... rant. And then you got Mila and Jason over there like, damn, he's talking a lot. And they're laughing about it and having their little inside joke. And then Kristen is like, I completely disagree with all your philosophy right now. Aside from you ragging on that shirt with, I got you. And with... then he spills the wine on the shirt. Or the... Yeah. Cut and he's talking and gives him another opportunity to talk more shit about the shirt. Yeah. He's like, oh well, good thing I was wearing this, right? Yeah. Or something like that. He was like, take my eyes, not the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Right. So that's all the more reason for me to believe that this is happening right after him and Jackie split up. That he's on the monogamy is bullshit. You should be able to I think to... that's just embedded in his character. I think Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Yeah. Especially because he's saying it when Jackie Q wasn't written, in theory. Technically, yeah. Yeah. But you still think that the... Because I think that's got to be the best scene. It's the most pivotal moment. It was funny. There was a lot of witty banter. It's definitely the most pivotal. And then I don't she's know the when only he, one when, accept, when he, whenever whenever there's whenever he's singing, which I know only might only happen once or twice in this movie. When he's doing inside of you, <laughs> oh, that stance he took, where yeah. he like spreads Real, his legs yeah, out, yeah. and puts his hand on the ground, that was so like good. a fucking animal, dude. Yeah. This, like, just the over-the-top Mick Jagger, Rolling Stones kind of fucking yeah. dancing, over-sexualized dancing, nailed it. Yeah. Couldn't see anybody else playing that part. He checked. I think it's Bill Hader. You could also say. You could say Dwayne. 
You could say Dwayne. You, you could say, say the the guy. You could say any of the people that that Jason. Any of the resort people. Any of the people that Jason encounters on his own. So the guy, the Christian who's trying to have sex, the bartender, the guy he he kills the pig with. Yeah, who wakes him up in his room when he's ass naked with a bunch of tissues, and he's like, "Are those happy tissues or sad, sad tissues?" tissues. <laughs> and then his face is just like, "I don't want to know the answer." I think it's Bill Hader. Let me, let me, I'm leaning, I'm, I'm also Bill. I'm just running the, uh, the gamut here. What, what else we got? Oh, the fucking guy from the back, the guy from the breakfast buffet who shows up and gives him, he's like, oh, don't say, don't say anything, but I got an extra shot of rum for you. No, I thought about him. And then they, then they see him again. He's like, this isn't the breakfast buffet, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, it's all right. I got this. I know his buddy. Hey man, it's me. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then the next time you see them they're like cool again yeah <laughs> yeah I love when they go like Jason Segal and Mila Kunis go on their first date and then he's telling everyone about it and Payne's like it's not a date dude yeah she's in customer service she's being she's nice she's doing dude. her job yeah dude. yeah <laughs> yeah I just love the. I mean, you have the Bill Hader scene in the bar. You have any of the FaceTimes with Bill Hader when he's on the phone with her. Yeah. When he's on the computer with Bill Hader and he sees <laughs> that's where you get the I will equalize you line. And he's like, oh, look, we're no, going. No, that was, they were in the kitchen together. They were in the kitchen together when he, when he hits him with that line. Yeah. No, when they're on the FaceTime is the, I'm doing the luau. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm or he's doing like, the- look, I'm on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and eh, it's a nice it's a nice necklace Liz hold on I think you need to move closer to the computer yeah. now, now back up a little bit now closer back yeah. up and then oh. oh that that's a nice pearl necklace Liz did that just get there yeah. oh oh you were disgusting yeah. <laughs> oh my god so Jason Seagal goes to the luau it's like night one of him being there and he walks up and Mila Kunis is the, the hostess <laughs> Talk about a severely understaffed hotel, dude. They only got two hosts yeah, in right. the whole place, Mila and Matt. Yeah, but she walks up. He walks up to her, and the entire staff is wearing the same exact thing. And he goes, "Oh my God, your dress is so beautiful." <laughs> yeah. Great awkward comedy. Yeah. But then even like when you hear ba- like when you hear Bill Hader on the phone in the beginning, when you're talking about it before, he's like, "No." No, turn around, Peter. Peter, turn. Peter, stop what you're doing. So you sticking with the uh, the club scene? Yeah, I think so. All right, agree to disagree. Um, best dressed. I, I know your answer. I'm giving it to Jason Siegel okay. for for being consistently terribly dressed. He is consistent for being the only one who's never dressed for the occasion. Yeah. You know, and we didn't even touch on this. I know it's a little out of place, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, Who just up and fucks off to Hawaii of all places with no plan? Like a man who just got through a terrible breakup. Just. Yeah. But like if you just show up to Hawaii and they don't have any rooms, what are the odds the next place is going to have a room? I know it's a fucking it's a nit that I'm picking here. Uh, when he said when he said that, I was like, "Yeah, they might not, but 
They probably will for the movie's sake. And if not, then there's plenty of other places to go to. I'm sure you wouldn't have trouble finding a place to sleep. Is it more just kind of, is it more so just trying to create the perfect storm of, of sympathy and vulnerability at the same time? Yeah. Right. I mean, because you're definitely adding to the vulnerability of it because he finds out that there's no rooms and that he's going to have to leave. And then in that split second, you're like, oh, that's my famous ex-girlfriend. She just broke up with me. She's been cheating on me. Now I have to tell her that I don't even have a room here and I have to leave. And that's what ultimately sparks the relationship between Rachel and Peter. Yeah. So he gets sent there because Bill Hader's like, you should go somewhere. And he's like, well, Sarah always said, why would be nice? And then I think I'll go there. And he's like, no, you should not go to Hawaii. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to go to Hawaii. So he put the idea in his head to travel. And then he just brought himself to Hawaii because he couldn't fucking help it. So because he was thinking about Rachel. No, no, no. This is before he met Rachel. No, I'm sorry. Not thinking about Rachel. Thinking about Sarah. Yes. And then I can only imagine she went to Hawaii as like, okay, I'm finally free. Let me go live my life and go to that place that I want to. You know? Yeah. It's like, I can't get him out and doing anything. He's stuck in his sweatpants. He means cereal. Now let me go. You know, I'm going to go explore. Yeah. Now I got someone who actually wants to go out with me. Let's go. You know, let's go on vacation. We're going to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. best dress though, I'm going with Russell. Yeah, it's definitely Russell Brand. It's definitely Russell Brand. It's 100% Russell Brand. Yeah. By design, I mean obviously by yeah. design, he yeah. should be. He's European superstar, you know, super rock star. Yeah. Got the money. Yeah. And they're just let's call it what it is. They're known for their fashion. Like Europe is a fashion forward place as compared to the west coast of the United States. However, Christian guy with the he's got a fanny pack on one on left hip. And the cell phone holder on the right hip. That guy's ready for any situation. He's so ready, dude. He's he's like the Batman of nerds. He's just not ready for sex. No, no, terribly not. Terribly unprepared for sex. Although they seem to have picked it up by the end. I don't really know. They didn't dig into it too much. Yeah, they they kind of leave it open-ended. Yeah, they seemed happier about their sex life. Yeah. What other rewards we got here? I mean, there's one more. The Rebel Wilson Showstopper Award. That month, do I have anything else written down over there? Uh, best song, but we're not gonna. Yeah, no. I mean, there's two fictional songs in this movie that are both actually written and composed by Jason Siegel. It's "The Inside of You" by Infant Sorrow, and the Dracula song. Yeah. And if I have to pick one of the two of them, I mean, it's the Dracula. It's the Dracula song for the ridiculousness of it. I got thrown off so hard when he opened his mouth and had that accent. I did not know that was coming. Um, I think the showstopper is Russell Brand, right? Because his performance was good enough to get an entire fucking spinoff based yeah. on. Yeah, Russell Brand. And also, I'm excited anytime he entered the screen. Yeah. it's <laughs> This movie is funny, but I don't think it's got the rewatchability that Get Him to the Greek has. Yeah, Get Him to the Greek has, like, the hits in it. Get Him to the Greek has a little bit more firepower. Yeah. It, like, I think the story is almost secondary to the hijinks. Oh, see, Get Him to the Greek is another one of those, like, go on a mission movies. Yeah, it's three days. Before. The whole it's movie like, takes place in three days. Yeah, and it's like, a, they go to different places. Whereas this, it's like, they're stuck in one place. Yeah. 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 
So what do you think? What do you did this movie move up or down? I I think it stays right at like a firm seven nine because yeah. I would never if I was ever flipping through cable, which is that sentence in itself is becoming anthropoid at this point in yes. our lives. But if I'm ever flipping through and like I see it, it just started twenty minutes ago on Stars. I'm in for at least forty minutes to an hour, you know, okay. if not the whole thing. Yeah, I do frequently when I'm like fucking around, smoking at the you know on a Saturday Sunday night or whatever. Yeah. I'll think of both of these movies all the time and I'll like they're one of my go-to comedies just to throw on when I'm like kind of paying attention, kind of not working on, you know, editing, doing whatever else. Love these two. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna I, stick with the seven nine. Though. I stick with seven eight. I think it's great. I think you know, I wanna know what's another uh what's like a real good Rom-com. Okay, so I feel like rom-com is one of these genres where once it becomes a good enough movie, it enters a different genre. You know? Kind of like horror. Like, you don't see any, like, 90... Like, if if I was yeah. to give a movie a 9-6 and it's a horror film, it probably becomes psychological thriller. Like Parasite. Right. You know? Even though, I don't know, that's more well, of a like Green Room. Thriller, Green Room, I would say psychological thriller. Yeah. Shutter Island, psycho- psychological thriller. Yeah, but if it's like not that good, it sticks with horror. But it, so, the new the It movie, I would put it up there in the high nines, but that's clearly a horror film. But Stephen King's a different animal, too. And, um, yeah. Although I'd argue that's also a coming of age film, so. It kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah, I can't, yeah, the guy's name, I can't think of his name. It, the guy who plays Pennywise, comes uh, from the family. Skarsgård. The Skarsgård family. One of them. Bill Skarsgård. I think it's between Stephen, you know, between Stephen King and Skarsgård's performance. You can't miss. That, but also, like, uh, Andre Machete. I'm fucking butchering your name, but the director did a phenomenal job on that. That's we one. We should do that movie. Never seen it. What? I've never seen it. Oh, you don't do scary? No, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I won't feel great about it, but I'll do it. Yeah. Emily won't. Clowns. What? She hates clowns. She won't do it. Oh my god. She know she does makeup. She should know. She's clowns, dude. I she doesn't like the clowns. And uh, I get it. I who am I to say I don't I don't watch most scary movies because I don't yeah. have time for it. I'll have a talk with her where I go in very confident and then I And she the will end, confidently tell you she no. She tells me no and then I go, Oh fucking course she said no. But. She's not gonna do it, dude. She doesn't like clowns. Whatever, that's fine. One night I asked her, I was like, you want to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space? She's like, I've never even heard of that, but it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple scenes from that. I've never seen any of it, and that's okay. I don't need to. There's some silly ones. Um, to answer that question, I would say if a rom-com is going to transcend itself to a new genre, it typically goes one of two ways. Mm-hmm. It either goes from a rom-com just to a full-blown comedy. Yeah. Which doesn't help the case for getting yourself a nine. No. If there's any genre that, that, that gets not a lot of serious movie respect, it's any comedy. Yeah. Or the other way it's going to go is drama. Yes. And then you might be able to get yourself up to the nines. But like show me, show me the rom-com that was really a drama or a dramedy that you think deserves a nine. Well, that's what I'm thinking, that a rom-com that's strong enough We'll get it. Uh, I don't know. La La Land is quick in my head, but they're not really a rom-com at all. That, I mean, that's clearly a musical. They're Rom-coms aren't laughs, meant to but... be nines, dude. They're meant to be light popcorn movies. 
You know, like they're yeah. made to be light-hearted popcorn yeah, movies. You just... go, they're made for people largely. Yeah, for people ages sixteen to like. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have a cap, but it's made for people who are going on first, second, third, fourth, fifth. You know, people who are in like their first year and a half of their relationship. Those, it's a date movie for people like that. Yeah, that's what it's for. You're gonna go. You're gonna watch some people fall in love. You're probably gonna feel a little fucking little chemical reaction going on. And when you leave the date, you two might make some love, you know? Zach and Miri make a porno. Tremendous. I would say that's more comedy than rom com. Yes, but it's up there. It's in the eights for me. I'd have to it's give a it a good film. But it's such a good film. Yeah. Well, I don't know if such a good film is the right way to say it, but I enjoy that film. Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Yeah. Um Ah, see, I want to say it's not really rom-com. It's definitely a drama. Gone Girl. Oh. I, I don't, I think it's completely removed. I think it's just a full-blown drama. I, I think it's any com- comedy. That. It's completely I removed. Single, I can't think of a single laugh. In I that think movie. it's completely removed from the rom-com No, I'm genre, talking about something but, that has the makings of a rom-com, but is like a real, like, I don't know, a great film. The cinema. They don't typically go hand in hand. Cinematic masterpiece. No? Hmm. Oh. Fucking uh No Strings Attached. <laughs> or the other movie with the same plot. Friends with Benefits. That one. Which one had Sean White? Sean Sh- White? Yeah, one of them had Sean White in it. Really? Yeah. For what? It was a it was like a cameo scene. But uh, he, I don't he know. Was it Timberlake or Kutcher? See, that's what I'm asking you. I think it's Timberlake. That is no strings attached with Mila Kunis, right? Or is that Friends with Benefits with Mila Fucking Kunis? I don't know. I'm asking you. Dude, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I know. Ashton, it's The one is Ashton Kutcher and that fucking, the Italian, uh, not Italian. The, the Italian U- job. The European broad. Um, Adele. No. She's also in um, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World with Steve Carell. Kira Knightley. Ah. Uh. I'm pretty sure it's Kira Knightley and Ashton Kutcher, and that's No Strings Attached, and then Fred's with Benefits mm-hmm. is Timberlake and Mila. Mm-hmm. A crazy, stupid thing called love. That's rom-com that transcends. Who's that? Who's in that one? Uh, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling. Uh, what, 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 what? Oh, Jesus Christ. Emma Stone? Yeah. We'll put it on the list. There we go. I'm so happy. A crazy stupid love. Crazy stupid love. That's it. What? Oh, so Ron Tomatoes gives it a 79. It's still like clearly a rom-com, but it's really good. I'll put it on the list. All right. Jesus Christ. Julianne Moore's in it. Marissa Tomei, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, Marissa Tomei. Yep. Yeah, we can put that on the list. That and it. You got anything else before we close the show out? No. No, I'm good. I got to save some of my talking for... It's a good... Lighthearted romantic comedy, good feel good movie, plenty of laughs, yes. plenty of awkward, uh, you know, awkward comedy, a lot of physical comedy. I mean, one, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's not, you know, I I throw it on quite often. I'll put it up there in my whole in my uh, my DVD collection. The, the other thing too is I, I feel like it holds up, you know. It, I mean, I just saw it for the first time today. Like, I just watched it for the first time in a while a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still rolling around. Oh, yeah. Laughing. I think if I'm looking for, like, a movie like this to watch with somebody and they haven't seen it before, I'd be like, let's throw that on. 
that one, but always I feel double that way about Get Him to the Greek. You know how many people I showed that movie for well, the first time? Get Him to the Greek, I have such I have a deep connection to. I showed I played it on I got it played on my uh bus for a senior trip. Really? Yeah. Were we on the same bus? I was with Kelsch. No. Okay. I don't wait. Yeah, Kelsch threatened to turn the bus around, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were on the same bus five, baby. I don't know why they let us play that movie, but they did. Yeah, Kelsch threatened to fucking uh stop the bus or something. He probably right? does that every year. Kelsch yelled at me. Shout out Kelsch. <laughs> uh that's forgetting Sarah Marshall. This has been the rewind. Yes. Peace out. Later. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show, whatever movie it was about. Uh, this is a generic pre-recorded outro, but we hope you had fun. We sure do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. And the only prescription is more cowbell. We will not go quietly into the night. Stay gold. Pull gold. I will not die sober. Get those fucking loose. That's all, folks.